When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Even more stimulus money? Please tell me that's some kind of a joke. China. Here's why they're coming out a big winner from this whole thing. Oh, and a quarantine essential. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Before I get to all of my amazingly witty commentary, allow me to just say, you do know there's an app, right? There's a first app you can get right here on your phone. You can get it on Google Play, Roku, Amazon. You can get it on iTunes. You can watch me on demand all day long, which is what I would do. You can watch the first, all of our great hosts live, which is 
frankly, also what I would do whenever I need a little me break. But the first TV app, it's available right now. Go download it. Enjoy the first anywhere you go. Now, let's talk about something boring, all right? Joe Biden. No, I'm kidding. We're not talking about Joe Biden, although he is boring. We're talking about money. Money is one of those things it's difficult to talk to people about politically because it doesn't mean anything to us, really. The numbers have gotten so big, it doesn't mean anything to us. You remember that old Joseph Stalin line when he was talking about the fact he murdered like 50 million people because he's the Antichrist? And what did, what did, what did Joseph Stalin say? One death is a tragedy, a million is a statistic. We are seeing that with money in the United States of America. You go through it. I go through it. Even a huge brain like mine goes through this. What happens is you start talking about spending 50 bucks of mine. Okay, I want to know exactly where that's going. Where, why are you putting it there? What are you doing with this? You start talking about spending 500 billion, a trillion, three trillion taxpayer money. It's so large that it almost gets lost. It's so large it becomes small. And that's where we are right now in the United States of America. And look, there are a lot of things that go into this. Frankly, both parties are responsible for this. I mean, you remember during the Obama presidency, all those tea parties that popped up? We can't spend like this. The spending, ah, we're all going to die. Barack Obama's deficits were horrible. Oh, worst we've ever seen, right? They were $1 trillion dollars. One, we are about to have four trillion at least this year. Now I understand what you're screaming at the TV right now, but Jesse, there was a pandemic. But Je there have been other pandemics throughout the history of the world. There have been other pandemics in the United States of America, much deadlier pandemics actually. And you understand that at no point did we ever even consider destroying the United States of America's budget over them. We never even considered it. It wasn't an option because it was sane, because they were sober, reasonable times where you made difficult decisions. And if there were times where you had to spend money and they didn't do that that often, but if there were times where you had to spend money, then you made some cuts some other place. But now these numbers, they've lost all meaning. They have lost all meaning, and it absolutely drives me crazy. You understand what a big deal it was that Congress just passed a $2 trillion CARES Act? That is the most massive deal ever, and we already forgot about it, and the money's all gone. We passed the act and left the economy shut down, and it's already pff, disappeared like a fart in the wind. Like it's nothing. It's already gone. $2 trillion of your money, of my money. Our next generations, plural, will be paying for that money. And somehow, some way, this concept of money has gotten lost on people. You understand, we spend more than we take in. You do that once or twice, that's a problem. You do that as a matter of policy, which is what we have now, that's an even bigger problem. You do it as a matter of policy and then compound the problem because you just try to spend your way out of a pandemic, that's a nation-ending problem, potentially. That's what we're facing here. This is not a small deal. It is a big, big deal. And remember this. While we're spending money like drunken sailors, just tossing 50s in the air, baby. Woo, make it rain. We're not opening up the economy. 
I mean, a couple states are partially open, right? Well, let's just tiptoe. We need to make sure nobody else gets sick. Let's do this really slowly. Several states, they're still wiping out their economy. We have cities like LA, they've since backed up, backed off on it now. This morning, they're talking about, well, I mean, at least till July. Wait, what? July? Are you people out of your minds? And now we have to acknowledge something, something I've been saying for quite a while. How much of this is stupidity? How much of this is malice? You're going to have to forgive me, but as I've been telling you, I'm looking at Governor of Virginia, Democrat, Governor of Michigan, Democrat, Governor of California, Democrat, Governor of New York, Democrat. Are, are you sensing a theme here? And they're not only staying locked down, they're flat out announcing, ah, uh, yeah, that's going to keep going. We got this idiot governor in Washington. He's taken down people's names, addresses, phone numbers, dates, and times that they go to a restaurant so they can trace them. I'm not making that up. So you'll have to excuse me if I see these major powerful U.S. states and think to myself, they're doing this on purpose to screw Donald Trump, aren't they? Rush Limbaugh agrees. Folks, I'm going to tell you, these next four months are going to be a veritable war like we have not seen. The American left, the Democrat Party, is going to do its best to keep this economy shut down to extend and expand that shutdown and blow up their own country's jobs just to ensure that Trump loses. I know what you might be thinking. Ah, that's just Rush Limbaugh being crazy. Rush Limbaugh is right like a lot, a lot, right? And where is he wrong? What else am I supposed to take from this? We have areas in these states that aren't even slightly affected by coronavirus. Even if, let's say you're in a state where you have an area that's been hammered. And New York's a great example. Well, you have New York City. Things are really bad there. Um, things are not bad in upstate New York. And yet the lockdowns continue for the state. You're seeing this in California. You don't realize it because we like to picture California as Hollywood and San Francisco and L.A. and the big city lights. You realize how much of California is completely rural? I can't believe I just said that word on, t on TV and didn't mess it up. Nailed it. A lot of it. It's a big deal. And these guys, what am I supposed to think? Of course they're trashing their state on purpose. Almost all of these guys are independently wealthy. Not a single one of them has missed a paycheck or will miss a paycheck throughout this process. Every one of them is going to get reelected again because they're in solid blue states. Well, they care. Shoot, that governor in Michigan, Whipper, she's pretty much openly campaigning to be Joe Biden's vice president. What better way to be in Joe Biden's good graces than helping torpedo the economy of a swing state Donald Trump needs to get reelected? I don't know what I'm supposed to think. And back to the money. Oh, Nancy Pelosi has a new plan. So when the money for state and local is to uh, allay the cost of the, uh, defray the cost of the um, uh, outlays they've made for coronavirus and the revenue mm -hmm. lost because of the coronavirus. Testing, testing, the three pillars 
honor our heroes by supporting our state and local entities so that they don't lose their jobs, these, these heroes don't lose their jobs, mm -hmm. open up government by testing, tracing, uh, uh, treatment, et cetera, and the third is putting money in the pockets of the American people. All of it timed and centric to the coronavirus. Mm. Yeah. State and local entities, as Nancy Pelosi just said, you know what this is, right? This is a massive, this new $3 trillion bill. Oh, don't get me wrong. Republicans think it's irresponsible. They're going to be all, they'll get that bad boy whittled down to $2.5 trillion. Don't stress it. Going to be a massive, fat bailout to these blue, idiotic, leftist strongholds, most of whom were already borderline bankrupt before the pandemic ever even hit. You take cities like Chicago, L.A., and the states that encompass them are pretty much in the same boat. They have these humongous pensions. And what I mean by that is they have state employees, local employees. They'll work for pennies on the dollar for years, and they'll let these people retire at 50, gold-plated health care, making, making bank on retirement. Um, someone has to pay for that. And already these states were going under because of that. Now, on top of that, you've purposely torpedoed your state's budget with these draconian lockdowns. So your pensions that were already running out of money, now they're bankrupt completely. And now they're looking around thinking, well, I mean, I'm getting off on the power of locking everybody down. That's nice. And, well, I am enjoying screwing Donald Trump. That's always a good time. But, uh, you know, we do have to do something about money. I know what we'll do. Let's just go to Washington. I bet Nancy Pelosi will bail us out, and I bet those idiot suckers in the GOP will join right along with her, because after all, it is about police and fire, right? Oh, did I mention? Don't get me wrong. This is going to be a bipartisan bill. We are going to get some great stuff, too. Here's Mitch McConnell. Senate Republicans are preparing a major package of COVID-related liability reforms to foster our economic recovery. This package, which Senator Cornyn and I are spearheading, will extend significant new protections to the people who've been on the front lines of this response and those who will be on the front lines of our reopening. We're including new legal protections for the businesses, nonprofits, and government agencies that have kept serving throughout the crisis and for those that will need to lead the reopening. We're facing the worst layoffs since the Great Depression and a storm of uncertainty for Main Street businesses. Americans want to get back to work. And we need to do everything in our power to help that happen. Our legislation is going to create a legal safe harbor, safe harbor for businesses, nonprofits, governments, and workers, and schools who are following public health guidelines to the best of their ability. I know that was a lot to take in, but allow me to give you a little clue. This is going to help you not just now, but in the future for the rest of your political life. Anytime you hear anybody, GOP, Democrat, doesn't matter who they are, stand up and say, we're preparing a major package, um, go ahead and run for the hills and hide in a bunker because that means you're about to get majorly screwed. You're preparing a major package. Why are we doing another major package when the last one vanished like vapor? So we can do this again and again and again. And back to what I said at the beginning of the show. 
the Weimar Republic or Weimar Republic. You've seen the pictures of it? Little kids hauling around wheelbarrows full of money. People just taking money, chucking it in the fireplace. Start a fire because you've spent your way into oblivion. People, that is the history of the world. Rome went through this. Countries go through this. There are laws in economics. We can't do this forever. There comes an end to this, and I understand that it's hard to wrap your mind around what that end looks like, but let me just tell you something, and you need to hear this now. You don't want to be here when it happens. Pray to God. You and the ones you love have already moved on to heaven by the time that day comes, because then you will know dark times like you can't even possibly imagine. Start screaming against, against these idiots spending all the money we don't even have. Or you get what you get. Don't throw a fit. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, after all that, I actually might have trouble sleeping tonight. I'm not even kidding. I, as soon as I heard $3 trillion, I said to myself this morning, oh boy. Well, I'm going to have to go ahead and unpack that today, and then my blood pressure is going to be through the roof, and I'm going to lay down tonight, and I'm going to be thinking about it. $3 trillion, $3 trillion. Oh, my gosh, they're going to have to raise taxes now. That's going to bankrupt. Uh, what if somebody gets, you know what I'm talking about. Even if that's not your political thing, even if those aren't the thoughts that run through your head, you do have ones that do, right? We all do. There's a solution for that. Ebb sleep. It's not taking drugs, not popping pills. It's a wearable device that applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead area, calming the thoughts down and putting you asleep and keeping you asleep. Get an ebb sleep. And when you go to tryeb.com slash jesse, that's tryebb.com slash jesse, and use the code jesse. Don't forget to use the code jesse. You get 25 bucks off. Go get one today. We're all going to need it. Joining me now, the great Buck Sexton of the Buck Sexton Show right here on The First. Also has been a mentor of mine in this business and a big part of the reason you get to see this lovely face behind the camera every single day. So look, if you kick back every evening and put your feet up and you're like, oh, Jesse's the smartest, most handsome person ever, you can partially thank Buck Sexton for that. Buck, um... I'm looking at a $3 trillion bill, a new one, and uh, once I got my heart started again, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around why we would do this again. Well, why not make it $10 trillion? I mean, you, you do get to yes, a point yes. here where, yes. where you want to ask, like, what's the difference? Um, I mean, if you're, if you're not going to have an economy that really functions, if you're going to allow for the federal government to think that it is the economy. And this is, the federal government is a regulator of economic activity. It is a taker of economic activity in the form of taxation. And currency is part of the regulation. But people don't understand the value, the reason the dollar has value isn't because the government just says it does, it's because the government says it does and it has the most dynamic and productive economy in the history of the planet behind it. When you shut that off, the government just saying it will cease to be enough. I mean, this is real Econ 101 stuff, and we're really testing out this theory. I mean, we're going to get to, Jesse, you know this, we're going to get to $30 trillion by the end of the year, and it's not like it's going to stop at the end of the year either. Oh, gosh. And, Buck, 
What happened to, and not, look, I'm not, I'm not naive. I'm not under the impression there was ever really much of a cause for fiscal conservatism out there. But what happened to just sanity? I, I don't expect these people to actually believe anything in anything at all. And I'm talking about the left and the right. I'm trashing everybody. I don't expect them to actually believe in anything. But at some point in time, there, there is this self-preservation thing has to take over, right? I mean, they have to know what you knew. A lot of these people went to fancy colleges and such. Um, this ends ugly, does it not? Well, it depends on who you mean it's ugly for, right? I mean, this is, this is where you get into the, the remembrance of what we've been through as a country and, and what we've seen for the last three years where you have people that have been saying, and I think that Jesse, you and I, because we're not deranged, I mean, we're emotionally stable people. I mean, certainly compared to like libs at Vox and HuffPost and CNN. I mean, we're just, we're normal <laughs> human beings that view things in a, in a way that's not all through this hyper ideological lens. So they were saying things like Trump is a threat to the Republic, to democracy. Uh, Trump is a clear and present danger to this country. They believed that, at least a lot of them did. And now they view this virus as the opportunity to prevent us from having another four years of that clear and present danger. And so that's that's completely pushing aside the most basic math, the most basic fiscal responsibility. Look, conservatives, there's there's blame to go around here. I mean, we should have reined in spending for three years of Trump, you know, Trump's first three years in office. We didn't do that. But now the problem is there's if there wasn't political will with the best economy in perhaps 50 years to cut back on spending, you think there's going to be political will now? I and mean, we've just all decided that we're on the same train and we're all hitting the throttle or whatever you call it on a train. I don't know. We'd have to get an engineer. But, you know, the thing that makes a train go faster, we've all got our hands on it now with with federal spending. And that's not going to stop anytime soon. I think it's called a knob on a train. I don't know if that's true, but I, I actually picture it as being this gigantic knob like in the movies, and you just turn the knob and the train goes faster. I bet that's right. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely handier than I am, so I'm going to go with whatever you say on this one. <laughs> All right, Buck, um, part of this $3 trillion is bailouts for states and localities. And now this is a Democrat proposal. Republicans have, has of, have, of course, said it's dead on arrival, which means it'll be back alive again in about two or three days and they'll be voting for it. But we have Republican senators like Kennedy, like Collins and others who really want no strings attached to Democrat-run states and Democrat-run cities so we can, quite literally, not making this up, bail out sanctuary cities and bail out cities that were bankrupt before the pandemic. I... I do these people feel like we're not watching or are we not watching? Are you and I just in a minority and people really don't care anymore? Yeah, well, look, we've been yelling about how we're going to be in this terrible financial situation for, for months. And of course, we were we were granny killers for, for saying that. I mean, this was what we've yes. been subjected to. And now people yeah. are yeah, now people are recognizing that, yeah, it turns out that you can't actually just uh, create money on a screen, send it to people everywhere and not have it have any uh, negative impacts. And, and also just telling everyone to stay home and not do anything productive. In terms of the states and the bailouts for the states that's coming, uh, the, the, the piggy bank has been broken open. And now everyone's just trying to grab all the coins they can out of this. And that's true of big companies. It's true at the state level for different governments. And look, look at the opportunity that they have. 
I mean, they're going to say we have these enormous shortfalls all because of COVID-19. We did the right thing. And now this is the situation we're in. There's some truth to that for places like New York when they, you know, they, they did have to take extraordinary health measures. I'm not talking about the shutdown even, but just, you know, with all the staffing and the hospitals and, and overtime for public officials. But that's not why, you know, Illinois is, what is it now? I mean, I, I'm going to, I know it's over $100 billion in debt. I want to say it's even considerably higher than that. And that's not why New York is billions and billions of dollars in debt either. Uh, it's because of really public sector pensions. So they're going to see this as an opportunity to erase that scoreboard and states that have been acting terribly with their spending for decades now get a, get a restart, which, Jesse, you know what that means? It means their scam worked. It means that, that you in Texas, for all the folks that are watching the Jesse Kelly Show in Texas or in any other red state, uh, you have been getting the short end of the stick, my friends, because you could have just had your teachers retiring with full pension and benefits after 20 years getting paid 30% more than they would in the private sector along the way anyway. And they guess what? The taxpayers got to pick up the whole thing. Well, Buck, that well, was certainly sunny. No and, and <laughs> I know. I feel like my whole show has just been dark lately. It's been just a big sea of dark out there because all the news sucks. And I'm transitioning right from that sucky news to the next sucky news. So get ready. I've got more of it. Uh, China? China's kicking our rear end. And I have made the point repeatedly that China is loving this. And yes, I understand China's economy is in the toilet too, but China doesn't care. They've got no re-election coming. They don't care about their quality of life for their people. If they, they can tank us and tank themselves at the same time, they take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Well, you got to remember, it's really all about who comes out of the ditch faster. And, and, and if you really think of it, if you really want to belabor the... Uh, the, the metaphor here, um, it's also when you're out of the ditch first, you can push the other guy who's still trying to get out down, right? So, uh, or, you know, it's the race between two guys that are facing a bear. You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the other guy. And mm -hmm. they view this all as zero sum. I mean, they view their opportunity here to continue with, uh, you know, to continue their uh, pushing through this and then get their economy up and running if it's considerably at our expense. The Chinese Communist Party doesn't care. I mean, anyone who's even vaguely familiar with the history and, and the current mindset of the Chinese Communist Party knows that, I mean, human life, totally disposable. It doesn't really matter to them. Uh, so whatever they've been through, as long as they come out of it stronger than we are on the other side, I think they view that as, as a win. And I, I've actually spoken to people all they do is analyze China. They, they agree. China will, CCP will view this as, as a win in the end. So uh, I think that this is a moment when the American people have to recognize that there are so many factors in play here beyond just the immediate day-to-day -day infection rate and spread of this disease. And we have to handle multiple, we have to handle multiple variables at once. Otherwise, we're in a whole lot of trouble. And uh, we do not want to see what the world is like when China is the hegemon, which they're trying to become. That, that becomes a very, uh, very freedomless place uh, for a whole lot of folks, not even just those in China, all over the world. Buck, tell me why we shouldn't invade and then colonize Mexico and Canada. We have good beer in both places. The women are hot. At least in the case of Mexico, the food is delicious. Canada, not so much. But Canada has beautiful country. We can expand our coastline. We have this great military. We have an economic shortfall. Why not just go full Genghis Khan, take over everything? Well, I think we want to take over the, the more westerly parts of Canada, you know, where people actually believe in 
bearing arms and the outdoors and individual freedom. Although I guess Vancouver is kind of a commie stronghold, but there's some parts of Canada that we won. The problem, Jesse, is that we took Canada as part of the United States. And I can't even really believe we're talking about this because honestly, Jesse, Greenland, hello, we got priorities here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to seize something. I say we seize Greenland. But you know, look, with, with the Canadians, they like their socialized healthcare system and they're going to they're gonna push us further to the Democrat Party. So that's the problem there. And uh, with Mexico, oh, I'll leave that one to you. Uh, all the narco trafficking might make things a little bit messy. Oh, I'm sorry. In this time of a depression, do we not need cheap drugs here? Plus, they have amazing, amazing food down in Mexico. And people do not realize what beautiful terrain they have. Well, whatever. We don't need to go off on this on this thing. I just I think I've I think I've broken the mold here and dug us out of this economic dis recession. Buck Sexton does not appear to be on board with it. So with that, we are going to let him go. Buck Sexton of the Buck Sexton Show here on the first. Next time, next Next time, I won't look like the Unabomber or Chewbacca or all those other things you call me. <laughs> Go get a haircut. See you, Buck. Yep. Thanks. All right. We have more, including a quarantine innovation that I wish I had seen coming. I kick, I'm kicking myself over this whole thing. It's brilliant. Hang on. Time to have a little chat about East versus West, about China versus us, because I'm hearing several things from people, even experts on, on the economy, experts on the coronavirus, you know, and they want to talk about everything as it is now, everything as it is static. But you need to understand this. So far, and for the foreseeable future, this entire thing has been a humongous win for China. And if China had their way, at this point in time, they would have a new coronavirus pandemic just like the one we've had every six, a month, every six months. Now, I know what you're saying, Jesse, you're crazy. Hear me out. Understand this. The coronavirus has killed a bunch of Chinese people. One, China has a ton of them anyway. And two, they don't value human life the way we do because we have a Judeo-Christian society. They don't give a crap. They're chucking moving body bags into furnaces over there. They don't care about their people. That's one. Two, you're going to say China's economy is hurting as bad or worse than ours is. Yes, but China doesn't look at war the way you and I look at war. When I say war to you, what do you think? What do you think? What images pop into your head when you think about war? A D-Day, the invasion of Normandy, Gettysburg. You, know, you, you picture battles, bayonets, cannons, machine guns. That's not how the East views war. China and places like Afghanistan, they view war as generational things, as slow plotting, long-term thinking things. That's how they view war. China doesn't give a crap that they're racing to the bottom as long as we're also racing to the bottom. Why don't they care? Well, there's no election in China in November. There's no election in China four years after that. There's no election in China four years after that. You're allowed part of the benefits of a disgusting system like they have is... There isn't regime change, barring some huge rebellion. And so what do they get? What if, what if China and I both crater, as we are now? 
China has ruined their economy, although they're opening back up. America has, on purpose, ruined its own, own economy. And now we're both going down. And let's say we both hit bottom. We won't, but let's say we both do. Boom, crash and burn. China rises again. And the rest of Europe, all these parts of Europe, they're going to start buying goods from China. They will. If the United States craters and goes into a Great Depression, China rises because China is the only other global super, superpower with the infrastructure to do so. And so you might be saying to yourself, Jesse, you're crazy. I've heard all these other countries, they're super mad at China. You know, and they all are, right? They all have these firm statements out about, we're, we're not doing, dealing with China anymore. We're moving out of China. No more China this, no more China that. How long do you think that lasts? if that's the only place where you can buy the goods your society wants and needs? About five minutes. All that anger you see directed at China right now, they don't give a crap. They're just going to wait it all out and sit and cross their fingers. The United States of America is stupid enough to do exactly what we've done, which is kill our own economy. And just as a brief side note before I come back to that, we love to honor the troops and should honor the troops. People out there putting their lives on the line. And so when we think about things like World War I, World War II, what do we think of? Again, the troops going to heading towards the beaches with that rifle in his hands. And we don't win the war without them. They're important. Both those wars were won on the backs of the United States economy. When that famous Japanese admiral came out and said, you can't win a war, a prolonged war with America, at least not a naval one, you know the reason he said why? He didn't say our brave men on the ground, although, I mean, we certainly have brave men on the ground. He said you can't win a naval battle with the United States of America because of the oil fields in Texas and the auto factories in Michigan. You see, it is our economy that won not one, but two world wars. So China starts a virus. China exports the virus here. And what was the United States' response to that virus? To kill the one thing that gave us superiority over them and, frankly, gave us the free world we have today. China's loving this. China doesn't care about a minor, short-term economic downturn. They want the United States of America destroyed because China sees things for the long term, always have always will. We had better adjust our thinking because China, China's not only been planning this for a while, they're planning it for a while into the future. How did 85% of America's pharmaceutical capacity get exported to our biggest enemy? Here. Here's what we know. Biomedical research has long been at the heart of something the Chinese have uh, wanted and something they've engaged in uh, economic espionage to get. It's at the heart of their Made in China 2025 plan, which means it's a big priority for theirs. We've charged a number of cases over the years, including one just earlier this year in Boston involving biomedical research, uh, all of which involved the Chinese government, the intelligence services, and individuals in China. It would be crazy to think that right now the Chinese were not behind some of the cyber activity that we're seeing targeting U.S. pharmaceutical companies and targeting uh, research institutes around the country that are doing coronavirus research treatments and vaccines. They reinvented the espionage game. The corporate 
espionage game. Not just now, not just for coronavirus like he talked about. They've been doing this for decades. They'll hire people. Get people hired on your firm in that new fancy product you have. One day, it's weird. Wait a minute. That same product just appeared in China for half the price. How did that happen? You see, they have a way of doing things, a way of doing things that doesn't involve China taking any casualties. I had somebody tell me yesterday, well, Jesse, what, 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 how soon till China lands on our shores? Why would China land on our shores? China's winning. We don't like to hear that. We don't like to acknowledge that. We're America, right landed free, baby. Number one. We are number one now. China has no interest in being number one now and for the next week. China wants to be number one in the year 2050. Are they going to take a, a little economic shot in the arm because of, or in order to have us downfall? You bet they will. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. China's living high on the hog right now. China? Shoot. China? Here's what China says. This is a Chinese-run website. They say, quote, the world left in shock over U.S. sabotage of global cooperation against COVID-19. This comes in the heels, keep in mind, of China blaming the United States military for spreading the virus. This comes in the heels of us busting professors at Harvard and other places as Chinese spies. This comes on the heels of you remember Diane Feinstein? You may forget about her. She's that senator from California that's 900 years old. Yeah, her driver for years was a Chinese spy. And here's the bad news, in case you thought all that wasn't bad enough. That's the stuff we know. Those are the Chinese spies we've caught. As any cop will tell you, if you catch one thief, there are five you didn't. If we caught three Chinese spies, 10 Chinese spies, how many are still out there? You see, again, I don't want you to go around peeking around every corner for looking for, looking for Chinese spies, but you do need to understand China's here. They are firmly entrenched here. They have a long-term plan to dominate the United States of America, to dominate the world by helping bring down the United States of America, and our response to coronavirus has helped them do it. I don't have a nicer way to put that for you. Oh, we're not, we're not done, by the way, finding professors at our universities who are working for the communist Chinese. Quote, this is from John Demers, the Department of Justice remains vigilant over programs such as the Thousand Talents program that recruits professors and researchers to work for China. In this case, Lee was caught in his lack of transparency. This defendant thought that he could live two separate lives, one here at Emory University and one in China as a Thousand Talents program participant. Eventually, the truth caught up to this defendant, and he is now a convicted felon who was ordered to repay over $35,000 to the IRS. Do you think the few professors we've caught working for China are the only ones we have? Do you think? Let me ask you. Not to go all tinfoil on, tinfoil on my head, but do you think it's totally accidental, just a big whoopsie, that the American media repeats 
verbatim in some cases, like in NBC News. Do you think it's an accident they repeat Chinese communist talking points? Do you think it's an accident? We have Democrat governors like St. Cuomo of New York calling the virus the European virus, as he did on camera. Do you think all these things are just, oh, just a slip of the tongue? Do you really? They have a long-term view. It is time we have a long-term view. And this stuff is too complicated to unpack in one show, but just understand this. They're fine tanking their economy if it means tanking ours. Because our economy is the only thing, the only thing that stands in between China completely dominating everybody in their region and maybe the world. Something to consider the next time your idiot Democratic governor suggests locking down your businesses for another two months. Just saying. All right, we got more. Hang on. I have a confession to make. Granted, I enjoy being this huge TV star and this mega radio star, and I'm you know, super rich and famous with Learjets and, and butlers and yachts and all this other stuff. <laughs> I have enjoyed that. Now, it's a great career that I've been doing for like a year and a half. But I always really wanted to be an inventor. And I remember when I was in the fifth grade, they had this huge contest for science class or something. I don't know, I wasn't really paying attention. And we had to come up with an invention. And so I came up with what I called the pooper scooper. And it was this, it was essentially just a, a gigantic, you know, dustpan at the end of a long stick, which I didn't realize had already been invented. It was a dustpan at the end of a long stick. And then I took a bunch of string and duct tape and I tied it to the top, I tied a broom to the end of it so you could go out, because I always had to pick up the crap in the drive in the in the lawn. And then you could go out and you set down the dustpan, and then the stick, the, the broom was attached to it, and you just kind of sweep it on in. And it never ever worked. And it fell apart instantly, but I thought the concept itself, I was convinced the concept itself for the pooper scooper was going to make me millions. And again, this is fifth grade. I legitimately thought I was going to show up and there were going to be business people there, big fancy business people, and they were going to be like, wow, just write this guy a check now. And so I show up and my teacher actually laughed at me. And this is after my dad laughed at me before I even left the house. And then I show up there and I find out there are other fifth graders who are inventing really, really amazing things, things that they actually did get signed for, if you can believe it or not. And I realized not only did I not get signed for anything, but I got laughed at because I lack a real basic intelligence or any ability to invent at all. So when I saw this new invention out there, I was kicking myself for not coming up with it first because I think finally, of all my failed inventions, between the pooper scooper to now, I think this was going to be the one that really nailed it for us. Check this thing out. It's a face mask that obviously is going to block out all of those microscopic bacteria, all those diseases that you can't see and you need like this electronic microscope to see them all, all those things. It can't get through the mask while at the same time leaving you a big hole in the mask where you can put your straw and still consume your beverage. If that doesn't make the most sense in the world, I don't know what does. I can't believe I didn't think of a mask with a hole in it. I wished I had, but in the future, I might come up with something like that. I think I'm really onto something here.
All right. Don't forget, we have an amazing special again this Friday, one you're not going to miss. Don't forget to download the First TV app on Amazon, Roku, Google Play, or it's on Apple. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.